morning. Oh, and let me just check these faces out. Ladies, you know, isn't it cool to only have to do makeup on the, half, on the top half? Just kidding. We all do it anyways, and then we got lipstick on the inside of our masks. And I'm, um, I'm honored to be with you this morning. Um, I'm grateful for Pastor D and Pastor Angel and their incredible work here in this region, in this area. As, as most of you know, they are generals in the faith. And, um, and so I want to honor them. That's what I want to do first thing. I want to honor them. And we know that Pastor Angel's been struggling a little bit, a little bit under the weather. Uh, and I was in Cutler this morning. I'm going to do the same thing that I did there. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to ask you to join with me. Okay? Because today is the day of the turnaround. Today is the day of the healing. Today is the day of the solutions and the answers. So we just decree that right now, God. We come into agreement with who you are. And the purposes and plans that you've established for Pastor Angel's life. And so I just command healing over him right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that right now in this instant, my God, the doctors are being given an opportunity to identify exactly what it is that's going on so that it can turn around. So I command shift right now and an instant turning right now in Jesus' name over his life. Amen and amen. Uh, as I said, I'm really honored to be with you. I know that um, I was introduced as a guest, and, and that's true in, in a way, but um, I also consider myself to be a part of this incredible family here at CWC Dinuba. And so um, as family this morning, it is my honor to um, step in and try to, try to do Pastor Angel some justice up here. We'll see, we'll see how I can do. I know that you guys have been talking about um, filling the gap. Uh, I've entitled my message this morning, repairs of the breach i think that you guys have been kind of out going out of nehemiah just like we've been going out of nehemiah somebody shake their head and let me know if i'm right yeah a little bit okay so repairs of the breach what um that's what we're called to do we're the solution we're the solution because of who god is to every problem that presents itself and in a moment i'm going to open with the scripture and it's probably um it's probably going to unnerve a couple of you, and that's okay. Um, I am prophetic, and I believe in God's goodness, right? Um, but I'm also human. I'm also human. And what has been taking place in the world around us right now has had me scratching my head. It has challenged my faith. It has made me question, is this going to end? When is this going to end? Is this going to end? Are we going to see this turn? God, where are you? You know, all those questions that you've been asking, I've been asking too. Maybe some of you are giants of the faith bigger than me. I, I don't know, but, but that's where I've been. I've been struggling. I've been struggling with what's going on. I am a self-proclaimed conspiracy theorist. So, so I'm, I'm one of those weird ones that's out there trying to, trying to find out everything about everybody and what's going on behind the scenes. And I want to know spiritually. I want the download. I want all of it. Um, but there's some simple things that God has to say. And I believe today um, I'm here to encourage. I was laughing because we were in the green room with Jeanette. And, um, and she was, I was listening to her talk and she was preaching my message. And then I was listening to Abe sing and he was singing my message. And so God is saying something. This morning, and, and when God is speaking, when it's aligned like that, we really need to listen. Uh, because right now, the trying times that they are in, they try our, try, our, try our faith, right? Our faith gets tried. And so 
when we're talking about Nehemiah, there's some keys um, out of chapter 4 that Nehemiah gives us, uh, I think, that we need to use, right? They're resources. They're, they're heavenly resources that God wants to give his sons and daughters. But there's some problems. We can't use the keys that are ours as heirs and as sons and daughters if we're thinking like or acting like slaves. And the enemy from the very beginning has attempted to get you and I, started with Adam and Eve, to question God's character. That's what happened in the garden. He supplanted, you know, he, 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 he spoke a few words that, that made Eve uh, kind of wonder if God was really for them. Right? That's what he did. And he's still doing the same thing today. And if you're human like me, those little implanted thoughts, his little impy little voice has spoken, spoken to me and messed me up on occasion over the last few months. You know, I'm watching people that I love get sick. I'm watching people that I love get evicted. I'm watching people that I love lose their jobs. And I know I could just as easily be one of them. But God has called you and I, regardless of what we're up against, regardless of the challenges that, are, that we're facing, to stand up and trust in his character. We have to trust in his character. Remember, in the garden, that's what the enemy attempted to do, was get Adam and Eve to question the character of God. And he's doing the same thing in this pandemic, in this um, social craziness, the lawlessness that's taking place all around us. He's implanting the questions in our minds. So whether we're vocalizing, ah, you know what, is God really trustworthy? If we're honest, there's some things that are, that are challenging our faith just a little bit. And so I'm going to give you some keys today. Um, a little bit of background. Um, I said it earlier in, in Cutler. Uh, but God's people were not acting like God's people. And because they weren't acting like God's people, they were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. And most of them, if not all of them, with the exception of just maybe Ezra and Nehemiah, most of them had be, been accustomed to living beneath their means. They were in captivity. They were allowed to operate businesses, but, um, you know, they were doing it the way that the Persian government was expecting, right? The Assyrian, the Persians, they were, you know, they were, they were operating under their means. And they probably felt like that's exactly what they deserved because they knew that they had sinned against God. They heard the warnings of God. And then exactly what the prophet said about what would happen when they sinned against God happened. They were taken into captivity. But you know what? When the oppression comes our way, it just takes one of us to stand up. And trust in the character of God. Because whether or not you're good, God's still good. Whether or not I'm good, God's still good. And the enemy is working to steal that confidence about who he is in our lives. Because when he can accomplish that then you and I think like slaves and God will not release heavenly resources to slaves. He'll only release them to trusted sons and daughters. So God's got a word for us today and it's going to bring us back into that place of alignment, right? Where we can actually access the things that he has for us. So in this portion of scripture that we're looking at, we know already that Nehemiah rose up. Nehemiah rose up and said, yep, 
I know that our people have sinned against God. Yep, I know that I personally have sinned against God. But God's word says that if we repent, he will restore us as a nation. He will restore the blessings over our lives. He will establish us once again as a people. How appropriate is it to be talking about this story during this time? God is calling the church back to the place where we're standing up as rightful heirs, sons and daughters. But if we're going to believe the enemy's lie that it's over, that we're never going to recoup what we've lost, if we're going to allow those things to cause us to question God's character, then God has to withhold resources because slaves will misuse his resources. My opening scripture, as I said, it's, it's not very um, encouraging. It's in Nehemiah 4.10, but I think it's really appropriate. It says, then Judah said, and I want to stop right there. Who was Judah? They were the worshipers. They were the tribe that was entrusted to worship God. They were the priests. In the New Testament, the Bible calls us priests and kings. And we are the ones that he has called to worship him in spirit and in truth. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Things are such a mess. It's so messy. There's no hope. It's useless. These were the worshipers. And I feel like the sons and daughters of God have allowed, in some cases, we've allowed ourselves to slip into that position where we've become effortless because it seems useless. Or we're waiting for somebody else to do it. When God is saying, no, I'm calling you as an individual to stand up and take your rightful place as a son and as a daughter and begin to utilize the resources that are supernatural, that will gain you access, that will accelerate you forward when everybody else is going backward around you. It's going to accelerate you forward. But if you question the character of God because of what you're seeing around you, I can't give you the resources and you're the solution. You're the solution. All they could see was the mess. Their spirits were crushed. Anybody struggling with our current climate and currently what's going on? Anybody? Am I the only one? Just struggling? Are those those days where you're just like, what the? Right? What in the world? How is this happening? They were crushed in spirit. They were overwhelmed. Ava said it this morning in worship. They were overwhelmed, and I sense that the body of Christ overall, I mean, there's some of us that are having great days, but overall I feel like the body of Christ is just like, the wind has kind of been knocked out of us a little bit. I want to speak to that today. Their spirits were crushed. Let me hear, let me, let me just read to you a scripture that, that directly addresses the crushed spirit. It's in Psalms 34, 17 through 19. The righteous cry out, and the Lord delivers them from their troubles. There's the key. We have to cry out. That's what, that's what made Nehemiah a marked man of difference. He knew, who, he knew how to go before the Lord. And you know what? Right now the enemy is trying to steal our song. Trying to steal our praise. I'm going to try to be nice. We have a governor that wants to tell us that we can't sing in church. 
the Bible says if we don't, the rocks are going to cry out. And there's no devil in hell, no governor of any state that's going to tell me I can't worship my God. Now, I do realize that there are some that aren't here this morning because they're immunocompromised or maybe, you know, they're just a little fearful and that's okay. There's no condemnation. But for those of us that are, let's not forget to use our voice. When we're in praise and worship, let's sing at the top of our voice. It doesn't matter whether you're on key or off key. If you've got a shout, you need to release a shout. If you've got a clap, if you can lift your hands, if you can dance, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. Amen. The enemy has stolen Judah's song. We can't give up our song, church. But like us, what they were doing is they were seeing what was happening in the natural. And in the natural, it looked useless. It looked hopeless. But the word of God is clear. We are not to walk by sight. We're supposed to walk by faith. And God, by way of his Holy Spirit, will download truth. I've had moments in this last few months where I've seen into the realm of the spirit and I could see the activity and it was so overwhelming because there are many more for us than it seems like there are against us. And I've had the opportunity to just get little glimpses of that along the way. And it has, it has challenged my spirit. Listen, let's not think for a moment that God has been dethroned. He's on the throne. He's all powerful. So let's not give too much attention. I'm not saying don't be, don't be informed, but be careful not to spend more time in front of CNN than you are in front of the throne of God. That's a distraction of the enemy right now because everybody's so concerned and, you know, so concerned about getting the latest data, the latest, latest something from the CDC or the latest WHO garbage. We're so enthralled that I'm watching people that I love and know that are normally people that are going after the spirit of God and they're just planted. I go over to visit them and they're planted and I'm like, let's pray. (laughs) let's turn it off but it is it's 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 like a vortex it wants to suck you in you know so don't give more attention to that than you are to your king who is the answer and who has the solutions and just might be calling you to rise up for an answer in your community in your home in your family It might be an area of your family that's dissolving, falling apart, and you're aware of it, but God's going to give you the solution if you spend that time with him. Let's be who we're supposed to be. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to give you some keys now from Nehemiah, okay? I've got five of them. The first one is super duper important. It's as simple as this, but not so simple. The first key is rely on God. Rely on God. Now, Nehemiah had faced ridicule, resistance. Uh, They were talking rumors about him. They were sending out letters about what he was trying to accomplish. They were saying that he was trying to rise up an army to come against the other armies in the land. Uh, There was all kinds of things that were going on around him. But he modeled the right response. 
once again, just like he did in the first chapter. What was the first thing Nehemiah did when all of these things came against him? He bowed before the Lord and he prayed. Are we a people of prayer? We need to be a people of prayer. God is calling the church back to that place of intimacy. If I'm speaking to somebody here today and you're not spending that quality time with God, God is calling you back to that place where he can reveal his character, his nature, his purpose, and his plan. But if you don't go there, you won't get the strategy. If you don't go there, You won't have the breath of God fill you and revitalize you and and take you off of that place of fear and question and insecurity. We have to rely on God. Nehemiah relied on God. And I am over, back over here. Let me get to Nehemiah. I'm going to read a few of these scriptures, probably not all of them because they'll be up before you. So there's something I want to say about um, relying on God. Because as I said earlier, if we question the goodness of the Lord, and, and if it's not verbal, if it's just in here, if we start asking those questions, where are you, God? How come you're not moving? How come you're not, why, why, aren't, you, why aren't you fixing this? What is going on here? I'm losing my home. I got evicted. I mean, you start, it, it really erodes your ability to have confidence in the character of God. And I want to say it again. If we don't have confidence in the character of God as our good dad, he won't, not that he can't, but he won't release the supernatural resources that you need to get through this pandemic and everything that else, everything else that's affected in this whole thing, the political climate, spiritual climate, financial climate, you know. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. We have to rely on God. We can say that we trust God. I want you to listen to this, because if you don't get anything else, please just get this. We can say that we trust God, but if we allow externals, that's the rubbish that Judah was looking at, to distort our concept of God's character, then our faith becomes weakened. And that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do with this whole thing. I want to propose to you that there are, and I don't even need, some of you have probably heard it. There's a lot of prophets and preachers out there that are saying things like judgment is coming upon California. Judgment is coming upon America because of our sins. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. But I tend to lean the other way. Because I have a problem with that statement. And you know what the problem is? It's you. Or you. Or you. Because I'm a mother. And I'm not going to punish my child for something somebody else did. And any father that would punish their child for something that somebody else did. Or allow someone else to punish that child for something that they didn't do. Willfully or rightfully. How many of you in here are just trying to walk away from God? Probably not any of you. And so because of you and because of me, I don't line myself up with those prophecies. Because we're still here. And if you go back and you read the book of Isaiah, you can see all over when the prophet Isaiah was speaking of the end time church, he said we were going to shine brightly. Not be snuffed out by some pandemic. 
So you and I need to step into our rightful place as sons and daughters, absolutely confident in the character of God and not be moved by what we're seeing going on around us. We have to believe that this is turning and that God will be glorified and the church will remain standing and we will be stronger and brighter than we ever were before. If we repent of aligning ourselves with fear and anxiety. Because we can't appropriate the resources that God has provided us as heirs if we allow our circumstances to make us act like slaves. But you don't know, PK. I got evicted from my house. Now, I'm, now I have to live with my mother-in-law. You don't know, PK. I had a thriving business and had to shut my doors. Well, either God is the restorer or he's not. Either God is the redeemer or he's not. I don't know how he does it, but in these times when we lose things, we get to discover God as redeemer like never before. The, 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 you know, we, we, we know that he redeemed our lives. He translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But maybe you don't know him as redeemer yet. Maybe you don't really have that revelation of who he is as redeemer. And if you've lost your business, watch God turn it around as you trust in his character. And you'll get to know him as redeemer at, at a whole new level. But those heavenly resources that can... Turn those situations around. They won't be released to the slave mentality. You're a friend of God. Not a slave. And he's good. Always good. He was good yesterday. He's good today. He was good the day the pandemic was declared a pandemic. He has not changed. His nature does not change. The problem is we look with our natural eyes. Instead of looking with our spiritual eyes and our spiritual sight becomes keener. It becomes more, uh, more fine tuned when we spend time in his presence. So simple keys today. Get it right. Get your devotional, get, get your devotional life where it's supposed to be. If you don't have one at all, figure it out. Put it on your calendar. Pull out your smartphone and say from 7 to 7.15, Monday through Friday, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be doing my devotional, my prayer. If, if that's all you've got for a start, then do it. But put an alert on there. Don't calendar anything over the top of it and make your priority God and his presence. Because that's where the answers come from. And that's where the heavenly help comes from. And that's where the reassurance and the encouragement comes from. So an honest evaluation of our faith is required. You know, when Nehemiah prayed out of hundreds of thousands of people, when he prayed, he was in the same position of the rest. He'd been walking in sin. He hadn't been honoring God. Not, You know, he was in captivity just like the rest of them. He could have said, oh, well, I deserve this. I'm speaking to some people in here today. The enemy uses your yesterdays, your past sins, your past wounds, your past pain to keep you from expecting God to be good. The enemy is using what's going on around us right now to keep us from expecting God to be good. But Nehemiah rose up. He prayed. 
completely confident in the character of God, regardless of the fact that he and his people had messed up for years and forgotten to give God his rightful place. If that's you this morning and you have forgotten, you have failed to give God his rightful place, today is the day to repent. Not wallow around in your sin and in your shame, but just repent. Get it right because God desires, he longs to show you his goodness right now in this instant. Even if you sinned on the way coming to church, just repent. Align yourself with the goodness of God so he can show you who he is again because he wants to. He wants to. Nehemiah, when he prayed, he expected God to answer. Why? Because he was completely confident in the character of God. He didn't allow his circumstances. He didn't allow it to erode his faith. He trusted that God would reestablish them as a people. He would reestablish them as a city. He would reestablish the walls. He would prosper them once again. He trusted all of that. All it takes is just one. Because one on fire is contagious. Number two, know your enemy. Know your enemy. Nehemiah was not casual about the opposition at all. He studied them. He kept a close eye on them. In chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible reads, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. He was observing how the enemy was moving. You know, we need to, we need to understand the strategies of the enemy because our God is the ultimate strategist. So we need to, we need to know who it, who it is that we're up against. We need to recognize how it is that he's moving because our prayers and our decrees and our declarations, they thwart the plan of the enemy. And some of us have been given, have given into the other way around. That God's got a plan, but man, the enemy is messing God's plan up. No, he's not. No, he's not. It just looks like he is. He's not. People of God, let's act like people of God. Amen. Bible says to be sober minded and watchful. Watchful, because we have an adversary, the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And where does that start? It starts right here. It starts right here. I love the message translation of 2 Corinthians um, 2 and 11. It says, after all, we don't want to unwittingly give Satan an opening for yet more mischief. We're not oblivious to his ways. Need to rise up. Say, devil, I'm no dummy. I see you. You don't have any new tricks in your bag. And many more are there for us than there are against us. Amen. So in order to war effectively, we need to know ourselves. That's why I was talking about I'm going to go back to it. We need to check our confidence level. Have we allowed what's going on around us right now to cause us to question what's what God's up to, right? So we have to know ourselves and we have to know our enemy. So know your enemy. That's key number two, okay? How about key number three? Reinforce what is weak. Be strategic in your efforts. Don't just be casual. Now's not the time to be casual, church. God is calling us as warriors or soldiers to rise up. So belt up, strap up, whatever you got to do. Boot up, get your armor on, and let's, let's get past this thing. Let's be who we were called to be. Reinforce what you believe by renewing your mind. This is so important. 
You know, the Bible talks about, um, you guys know the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, right? They're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. You guys know the scripture. You know what strongholds, um, oftentimes that scripture is used to train people how to do spiritual warfare, to pray for the things around them. But that particular scripture is talking about the stronghold right here. Casting down imaginations. And everything that rises itself up against the knowledge of who God is. So we've got to recognize, we've got to evaluate, and we've got to renew our minds. Because the enemy is crafty. He's crafty. And we have to be aware that where he starts is destructing our ability to be confident in the nature of our good God. Amen. So Judah, when Judah was looking around, they saw things as useless because they allowed their history, their past experience, to destruct what they believed about God. Do we? Can I just speak to you for a second? There might be some of you who have not experienced the, great, the breakthrough that God has for your life, have not experienced the success that God has designed for you because you're still allowing the enemy to whisper into your ear about the sin that you partook in 15 years ago. Some of us are not moving out in breakthrough because we've attributed things to God that God never had anything to do with. Why'd you, why'd you allow this, God? Look and, listen, tell, saying God allowed it or God caused it, there, there's not too much of a difference between those two. Oh, well, God allowed it. Look, at the enemy is real. We have a real enemy. And we spend too much time attributing to God what, was the, what the enemy did in our lives. And it's important that we know the difference because if we don't, we don't know how to war. We don't know how to war. So I want you to ask yourselves, how has where we've been and what's going on right now, this is, we're talking about what real life, how has it affected your heart? How has it affected your heart? We need to do a heart check. The Bible tells us in Matthew, in the book of Matthew um, 24:12, it tells us that when lawless li- with lawlessness abounds, the hearts of many will wax cold. That's what hatred does. Watching hatred, watching violence, it causes our hearts to wax cold. We need to turn the TV off. And get out into the community and love some people. You know, I, I shared this experience in my home church. I shared it in Cutler this morning. I want to share this because I'm hoping that it will impact some of you like it did me. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were coming back from Mexico. We were on a flight, second leg of the flight. And um, there was a child about three rows in front of me. Uh, we were towards the end of the flight, so the child was getting a little bit fussy. I'm going to guess 18 months old, somewhere around that. And everybody on the plane is masked, right? They were sticklers about the mask, couldn't pull it below your nose or anything. And this little baby starts to fuss, and the mom's having a problem, right? Mom's having a problem with the child, and he's looking over the back seat, and he's looking at people, and he's, you know, he's just fussy. And I, I, I kept looking at him and waving, and I had my mask on. And I was waving at him, trying to get his attention, hoping that, you know, I could help the mom out a little bit. And about three times into that, he kept, you know, turning away. Every time that he would, we would have eye contact, he kept turning away. And I really felt Holy Spirit say, take the mask down. And so I pulled my mask down, 
at the risk of federal. <laughs> and I just looked at the little guy and I, I smiled and I waved. And the minute that I did, he broke out into this huge smile and he was flirting with me. Holy Spirit gripped my heart in that moment. Because right now we are an expressionless, emotionless people. You can see the smile in people's eyes sometimes. But I thought about the babies. Running to the store with mama. 50% of the time not being able to see mom's smile or mom's, mom's expression. What are we doing we need to turn this thing around. I'm not saying don't be safe. I'm not saying don't wear the mask. What I'm saying is we need to be the solution that God has called us to be. And the only way that we can do that is to absolutely trust in his nature and to find ourselves in the prayer closet where he's going to download the solution. Because where we find ourselves is not bigger than our God and it's certainly not bigger than us because we are the solution according to God's word, to a darkened world. I was listening to something on Facebook that said, you know, the church needs to keep praying, but they need to do more than pray. We need to get out and have some massive demonstrations. And I know there's some pastors that are doing that right now, but massive demonstrations of love. Maybe wear masks with big, huge smiles on them, you know, holding signs that saying, you know, that are saying you're amazing and, you know, we got this together and, you know, breaking down that hatred and division that the enemy is sowing right now. We need to rise up. One way that we can, we can tell where our hearts are at is if, whether or not we have a mind to work, whether or not we have a mind to work. Where are we? Where are you in in your commitment to your church? Are you kind of sitting back, kind of waiting to see where things are going to play out? Or are you knocking on the door and making phone calls and saying, I'm here to help. What can I do? The people had a mind to work. When Nehemiah began to release vision and release, all of a sudden it captured the hearts of those who were saying, it's just too much, it's all rubbish. Do we have a mind to work? Reinforce what's weak. Now's the time, church. Key number four. Reassure one another. Reassure one another. In Nehemiah 4.14, it says, Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. These are causing a disconnect. Reach out. Have you, have you, is there someone that's been missing for a while? Don't leave it up to your pastor. Pick up the phone. Don't text him. Pick up the phone. Have some exchange of emotion. Reconnect. Reassure. Reach out to that brother or sister. Reach out to that family member whose family is crumbling because they're not used to being together 24-7. Encourage them. Tell them this is an opportunity to become better at your relationship. This is an opportunity. Do something to reassure someone. Make a determination at the top of the day. I'm going to make three phone calls today. Go through your phone list. Find someone that you haven't seen for a while. Maybe even somebody you don't like that much. Watch what God does with that kind of a phone call. 
last Thursday I got up and I I felt Holy Spirit said, sit down, call 10 people, go through your list and find 10 people. And I'm going to tell you seven out of those 10, they were all good calls. Seven out of the 10 were supernatural calls where there was just a beautiful time of Koinonia fellowship and just an absolute turnaround from some of the things that were going on. We have to love one another. We have to fight for one another right now. And what the enemy is trying to do is get us to fight against one another. Have you seen Facebook? Man, polarization and brother against brother. And I'm just like, wow. Yesterday, I, I can't remember even what it was that I posted. And I try to be careful. You know, I try not to step on any sometimes, not all the time. But yesterday, I, had this, I don't even know who this woman is, but she came and she was like F-bombing me, like boop, 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 boop. And then my little sweet little Courtney, I don't know where she went, but my sweet little Courtney, I look at my Facebook feed and Courtney's like really gently telling her to back up. <laughs> and then I have another one of my friends getting on there and I'm texting them, whoa, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And, you know, it's just, it's that divide. The enemy is just trying to get us to divide so build a bridge build a bridge reach out reach out to somebody that maybe you've had some division with i'm giving you keys right now and these keys are going to help you change your attitude and get in that right place with god's push back church we got to push back the word of god says therefore encourage one another and build one another up or but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There it is again, the lies, the deceitfulness. But encourage one another, one another daily as long as it is called today. So don't wait for tomorrow. Somebody's waiting on your phone call. Somebody's waiting on your visit, even if you have to stand six, six feet from their front door. Somebody's waiting for you to drop them off a little card of encouragement. Take the mask off. Take a selfie. Send it to a friend. Say, this smile is for you. Do whatever you have to do, but do something. Number five, refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. Engage. If you're disengaged, re-engage. Verse 15 says, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to work on the wall Everyone returned to his work. Refuse to quit. This is not for the time for the church to sit back and wait for the pastor to call. How you doing? This is time for you to be the body of Christ. It's time for you to be the church. And to shoulder up with your brothers and sisters. And push through this together. Amen. The plot of the enemy was revealed because the people were aware of the strategy to intimidate and discourage. Come on. So all we're seeing is intimidation and discouragement. But they saw it for what it was, an inferior plan. What's going on right now, even though it looks like there's strategy and there's all kinds of things, and politically, whoo, politically right now, especially if you have prophetic eyes, it's a scary time. It's a scary time. It's like, whoa, what is that? I don't want to see that. But then I have to remember that God's plan is superimposed over what we're seeing in the natural right now. And in the end, he will prevail. In the end, he will prevail, and you will prevail. They refused to quit. It said everyone went back to work. 
So I have a couple of just prophetic things I want to release over you today because I feel like um, I feel like we really need to come to an understanding. There needs to be a shift because even though our future is unknown, right? We we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We know God is good though, right? Even though there's a lot of unknowns, our future is in the hands of an all-knowing God. So nothing that's happening right now has taken him by surprise. He didn't blink and miss something. He sees it all. And he's got an answer. It's already in place. Deuteronomy 31.6. This is for somebody this morning. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will go personally ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So if you're feeling abandoned today because of what you're seeing in the natural, maybe what's going on with your personal finances, your relationship, your children, maybe an uncle is sick or somebody's got COVID. If you're feeling abandoned, this is the truth. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So if it looks like that with your natural eyes, close your eyes and ask God to show you what's going on in the spirit. And he will, if you give him an opportunity, he will show you. I've had the opportunity to peek into the heavenlies just a few times over the last few months in a way that I've never done so before. And as I said earlier, the activity is amazing. And it's not a frenzy. It's purposeful. On a few occasions, it's like the curtain has been pulled back and I can see angels strategically moving. It's like all the pieces are coming into place. And we have to rely on that. So the prophetic word that I want to release over this house, over this community, over you, your children, their children, is the following. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Could you stand this morning? And I know we're social distancing, but there's no social distance with Holy Spirit. So if you're here this morning and you can honestly say, yeah, this is really kind of taking the wind out of my walk a little bit. I find myself slipping into that place of fear now and then. Listen, we're human and it's okay. But God's giving us an opportunity right now to just say no. No, I'm not going to bow to that fear. I'm not going to bow to that insecurity. I'm not going to bow to the lack in my bank account. I'm not going to bow to COVID. I'm just not going to bow. Because according to your word, God, your intentions cannot be shaken. So right now I just release just from heaven to those that would repent or at least just be honest with God about where you're at. I just sense that Holy Spirit wants to release a fresh wind over you right now, almost like resuscitation to your spirit. Where where all of the confusion and all of the questions that have created a chaos cease now in Jesus name. I decree peace 
that is supernatural over the hearts of your sons and daughters. I pray that they would recognize, God, that they are not slaves, that they are not forgotten, that they are not orphans, but in fact, sons and daughters, heirs to every resource in your kingdom. And for those who have been wavering, my heart is extended to you because I've been there too. But today, we repent before God. We repent of believing the lie. We repent of walking in shame. Because you paid for all of it. You paid for all of it. And listen, this morning, you need to understand something. God's not good because good to you because you're good. And he's not good to me because I'm good. He's good to us because he's good. And as long as nothing can shake us off that foundation, no circumstance, no devil in hell can prevail. He is your God. He is mindful of everything that you're mindful of. Every concern that you have, he's already working on. But you have to realign yourself with the confidence in his character so that he can release the resources that are beyond you. So today we stand before you, God. And we repent of our worry. We repent of our concern. And God, we realize that it may catch up with us a little tomorrow or next week. But we'll come back to that place of repentance. Because repentance is more than just saying we're sorry. Repentance is aligning ourselves with your truth. We are your sons and your daughters. We have not been forgotten. We have not been abandoned because that would make you a bad God. And you're not a bad God. We ascribe to you worth and majesty and honor and glory and power forever and ever. We're grateful for you this morning, God. We need to return to that place of gratitude, church. Because complaining is like worshiping the devil. Trusting and praising in a time like this is the ultimate in worship. It's the ultimate in worship and it moves the hand of God. Do you need God to move in your life? Then start counting your blessings instead of acknowledging the lack. And watch how God moves. Amen. I say this from a heart. I'm no different than you. I struggle. I struggle. As a matter of fact, let me just give an opportunity. If if you're here today and and you can be honest and you can say, man, this is just, this has winded me a bit. I'm a bit winded with all this. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Thank you for that. Makes me feel real. Because I've struggled. I've struggled. I've found myself crying out, but crying out more like a beggar than as a daughter. And that's not what God, that's not what moves him. 
we have to understand who we are and we can't understand who we are until we are completely confident about who he is he loves you he's for you not against you he's got plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a hope and a future either that or he's a liar and my God doesn't lie so be encouraged today because he is for you and he's turning it around as we speak God bless you. Amen.